Buccaneers, you need to pick up the pace, keep up the pace, and three things we're looking to learn at Buccaneers Mandatory Minicamp this week. That and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Monday episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for always making Locked On Bucks your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow me, your host, David Harrison, dharrison82 on Twitter, credential member of the media, staff writer over at BucksGameDay.com. Sports Illustrated is a fan nation site covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here with you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We'll return five days per week in mid-July. But as always, I want to give a special shout-out to our everydayers for your continued support of the show. On today's episode of Locked on Bucks, we're going to discuss players that need to keep up, players that need to show up during mandatory minicamp this week. And before we talk about all that, I need to tell you that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the National Football League. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. And we're starting with two players who need to pick up the pace at this week's mandatory minicamp. We're only talking about two players here, but of course, there are there could be some others that also need to pick up the pace. And when I talk about pick up the pace, I'm just talking about guys who kind of have a little bit of something to prove, maybe a little bit of something following them into this mandatory minicamp that it would be nice to see whether it's a concern that they can dispel or whether it's something they can kind of show that they haven't shown yet. And we have to start this conversation with Devin White, right? Like we can't not start this conversation with Devin White. When you talk about a Buccaneers player that really kind of needs to come into the mandatory minicamp with something to prove, it's Devin White. Look, things were more or less peaceful on the Devin White front this offseason until early March. Now, he took some lumps during the season from media, from fans, all those things during the season, yes. But in the offseason, once the year was over, really the Devin White front was kind of quiet, like I said, until about March. Now, before then, most Bucks fans and most Bucks media members weren't exactly through the roof by his previous year's performance. They wanted to see more from Devin White in 2023, sure, but there's not a lot of slander going on there. But the retirement of Tom Brady, for real this time, seemed to open a door for a new face of the franchise enter the picture because while we all love Mike Evans, he's not exactly the spotlight type, right? Like he's he's he did some interviews at a recent foundation event. And that's great. But really, you don't see a lot of Mike Evans during the offseason because he's a family guy. He likes to turn his focus inward to his family. And, and that's great. You know what I mean? That's that's his prerogative. And I support it. But White's certainly a spotlight type of guy. In early March, White drew the wrong kind of spotlight, though, after posting some cryptic messages on Instagram, one of which included an image of himself with the words, quote unquote, thank you, a pirate flag and the international sign or emoji for goodbye, which is uh, emoji with Two hands up on a hand or two fingers up on a hand held up signifying deuces, which again, typically means goodbye. Well, White played that off as kind of just a misunderstanding. And then in April, it was reported by ESPN's Jenna Lane first that I'm aware of anyway, that White had requested a trade from the team. That request, of course, went unfulfilled, leading to and during NFL draft weekend. And in early May, White again turned to Instagram, posting the words, quote, my story is simple. I fell. I got back up. I learned from my experience. And now I'm coming back for everything they said I wouldn't have. End quote. Honestly, it's a lot of self-created drama. 
that we praise when it's done by people like Michael Jordan, right? If you ever watched the documentary on MJ and, and kind of how he motivated himself, making up stories about other players disrespecting him. Uh, but Devin White is hardly Michael Jordan. He's definitely not. He's not even the MJ of NFL off-ball linebackers. And look, that's not disrespectful. Not being called the not Michael Jordan of, of your position group is not disrespectful because I mean it's 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 just it's hard to be the greatest at something, right? So it really just comes across to a lot of people as selfish and short-sighted, but that's perception. It's not necessarily reality. Perception is not always reality, right? But the only thing people are saying white isn't deserving of, right? So you go back to that quote and that he's coming for everything they said that he wouldn't have. Well, the only thing that really everybody is kind of in agreement on that he wouldn't have or won't have is a hundred million dollar contract because he's not a hundred million dollar linebacker. There's only one $100 million linebacker in the NFL right now. And Devin White just isn't that caliber right now. Now he could become that caliber and that would be great to see, but he says he's coming back for everything they say he wouldn't have. And my hope is he's planning on earning it and doesn't think he already has earned it because that's the only approach to this that I see that we'll see white standing within the fan base and the local media get any better. If White comes in with the attitude of, I've already earned this, check your stat sheets, all that kind of stuff, then I think this problem could only get a little bit bigger. Now, we know the Buccaneers expect Devin White to be at the mandatory minicamp, and if he is, he needs to be ready to field these questions about this ordeal because they're coming. And time and time again, we have seen players come in and kind of act like they're blindsided about some of the questions they get. And I understand, like, it's practice, it's minicamp, like, I just want to talk ball, but when you, well, first of all, when you're in this business, you kind of have to understand that you're going to get asked questions about things that are not just X's and O's related. But then again, when you are also a player who takes to social media to deliver some of these messages and cryptic subtweets and, and all this stuff, you really kind of lose any empathy from, from the masses if you try to take the position of, I just want to talk football. I don't want to be bothered by all this stuff because if you don't want to be bothered by all this stuff, then don't tweet about the stuff. Don't Instagram about the stuff, right? So so Devin's kind of put himself in a position where he's going to get asked the questions about the trade request, about the negativity, probably about the, the Instagram post directly, if what they meant. And he's got an option. Like He's got choices. He can take it on the chin, answer it directly, maturely, professionally, all those things. Or he can act surprised or act frustrated or act indignant and feel, you know, it's disrespectful to ask me all that kind of stuff in this setting. I just want to talk about football. And only one of those those options right there, or you just say no comment, which, you know, is fair. But the only only route to really go and build uh, this, the, you know, repair this relationship with the fan base, the part of the fan base that took this negatively or the media is by answering it directly. And again, you, you can't be surprised by it. So if you act surprised by it, everybody's going to see uh, right through it. So how he answers those questions to attending media and how he plays on the practice field, that's that's really the most important part of this, right, is going to determine how the next chapter of this story goes. It's, and it's up to Devin. It's really in his hands uh, and, and up to him, right? So speaking of Instagram posts, though, White does have a youth camp coming up later this month in June in tampa so if you want details of that so he's doing some good stuff out there as well right just head over to his instagram page uh but that's just one guy that's just one player that i think that needs to pick up the pace a little bit at tampa bay's mandatory mini camp this week to show more signs of positivity for the future and i've got another one for you plus two players that just need to keep up the pace uh during this mini camp two guys who just need to keep doing honestly what they've been doing that's coming up next on today's episode of locked on bucks part of the locked on podcast network your team 
every day. And today's episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, the Denver Nuggets are one game from winning the NBA Finals Monday night, and they have minus 400 odds to win Game 5 as nine-point favorites back home in Colorado. And overall, Denver is minus 6,000 favorites to win the NBA Finals. You can also bet on Major League Baseball action, including inning-by-inning odds for hits in a single inning, on a lot of games going on around the diamonds. And there are always deals popping up for current players as well. So not just the new players getting deals here. No matter how you play, there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel official sports betting partner of the NBA. Again, for making a locked on bunch your first listen or your first view of the day today and every day, every day. Make sure you come back on Wednesday for WTSP Wednesday. James will be joined by Evan Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay, keeping the Buccaneers conversation going. Our second player that we want to see pick up the pace just a little bit in the mandatory minicamp is receiver Mike Evans. And slow down, this is not the same type of conversation that we just had with Devin White here about Mike Evans. Now, Mike Evans did participate in a portion of the voluntary OTA portion, just not all of it. And of course, that's no shade. It's voluntary. It's Mike Evans. We're not really worried about Mike Evans himself, right? But what we are worried about here is the connection that he's going to build between his starting quarterback and himself. That, to me, is a little bit of a different story here. Now, bottom line, again, I'm not concerned about Mike Evans as an individual player. I'm just going to say that again. No concerns there, right? But what we're talking about is connection. And in that connection, I have not been this concerned about Mike Evans not hitting the 1,000-yard threshold in a single season since, honestly, 2015 when Jameis Winston was drafted just because rookie quarterbacks are notoriously inconsistent. So when you have that type of situation, it's just natural, I think, to have a little bit of concern that maybe Mike Evans doesn't get his 1,000 yards a season. Now, even during Winston's up and down years, we all knew one thing. And that was that that dude could put up yards and that, you know, so that never really crept in following the 2015 or really like during the 2015 season. You're kind of like, OK, this is going to be fine. Um, so those concerns that Evans wouldn't get uh, at least the opportunity, right, to to earn uh, a thousand yards of, of receiving offense. But now with Baker Mayfield and or Kyle Trask, right, to be determined, given the struggles this offense went through last year. There are just a lot of things, I think, that are stacking up against Mike Evans' chances of extending his own current NFL record. If you don't know, currently the NFL record holder for most consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons to start an NFL career, and that record is alive and well. So when the Buccaneers don't win a Super Bowl or if they can't make the playoffs or if they can't win the division, Bucs fans, even Bucs media members, still want to see Mike Evans at least hit that 1,000-yard threshold, extend that record. Uh, over Randy Moss and really just a record that I don't know. It, it's going to be really hard for any receiver uh, to ever break it. There's a lot of really good receivers in the NFL right now that will not break that record. Due to, usually it's due to injury, quite honestly. You cost them enough games that they can't hit that number. Anyway, so a lot of things stacking up right now this season for Mike Evans to have that 1,000-yard streak maybe get compromised. And new quarterback is, is an issue. 
new offense is, is an issue. Fewer weapons on the offense, honestly, to demand other defensive attention. And, of course, he's a year older, and that's just kind of a natural deterrent towards continued production. As we get older, we tend to produce a little bit less. And finally, the fact that not only is it a new starting quarterback, but it's a new starting quarterback that's going to be splitting number one reps. Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask are both getting first-team reps, meaning Evans really is only going to get about half the work to mesh, half the opportunities to, to blend with whoever his starting quarterback is going to be because of the competition. So the faster that Mike Evans can get on the same page with Baker Mayfield or the faster that Mike Evans can get on the same page with Kyle Trask with reduced reps, the better for, for all involved, especially as we wait for Russell Gage to get back on the field following his latest injury, which we don't actually know what the injury is right now because there's no injury reports. And, and really, it was just kind of a slip of the tongue, I think, of Baker Mayfield to let us know that Russell was dealing with something. And then a whole lot of potential, but little to no actual NFL production behind Russell Gage. You have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, who's injured. And then behind him, a lot of unproven players as of, as of right now. Of course, the better that Kate Otten can do, the better Rashad White can do, the other offensive players, the faster they get up to speed, then that'll help Mike Evans, right? But the bottom line is, even beyond the record, right, any success the Buccaneers have this season will undoubtedly be tied to how fast Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, for that matter, uh, can get connected with their quarterback and whoever that starting quarterback uh, is going to be. So Mike Evans, someone that I would like to see pick up the pace and connecting with the quarterback. It's not a negative towards Mike. It's not a shade towards Mike. It's just because of the circumstances here, we need to see Mike Evans maybe get into sync with his quarterback a little bit faster than usual, or at least if we could see him get into sync with these quarterbacks a little bit faster uh, than we've seen him get in sync with other uh, starting quarterbacks, then certainly would be a reason to celebrate a little bit. So let's turn the page now to players who just need to keep up the pace. And really, when we talk about these guys, we're talking about guys who are already kind of doing a good job, really just need to keep doing what they're doing, and they're going to be all right. And again, we're just talking about two players. There's more on the team that could certainly fall into this category. If you've got one you want to add, by all means, drop it down in the comments here on YouTube or hit me up in the many different facets. You can do that. But my first player that I'm going to pinpoint for a guy who needs to just keep doing what he's doing right now is quarterback Baker Mayfield. Now, not many people thought that Kyle Trask had a real chance of beating Mayfield when we came into this thing uh, for the starting quarterback job, including pro football focuses, Trevor Sykema, who is a proud Florida Gator himself. Uh, and so far, both have had up and down moments. Unfortunately, the down moment, moments tend to go more viral, but they both had up and down moments during the OTAs for sure. But I think if the job had to be named today, which fortunately it doesn't, but if it did, I think it would be going to Baker Mayfield, falling in line with the theory that it's basically Mayfield's job to lose at this point. He doesn't need to be hero, just needs to be stable, right? We go back to head coach Todd Bowles and his comments about this quarterback competition, and he said himself, he doesn't need a quarterback who's going to go out every snap looking to make the big play. He just needs a quarterback that's going to go out and make the right play. And I'm paraphrasing there. That's not a direct quote. So playing smart, playing consistent, that's something that Mayfield has been doing for most of these practices. It's not really something that his reputation is, is known for, right? But he just needs to keep doing that. If he keeps doing that, then I think he will continue to be the front runner in this quarterback competition, more on that quarterback competition here in just a little bit. But now we're going to flip over to the defensive side, look at a defensive player that kind of needs to keep up the pace, just keep doing what you're doing, keep being the, the good player that you are. And I'm looking at defensive tackle Vita Vea. Coach Bowles talked about the energy that Vita Vea being at OTAs is bringing, the value of having a player of his stature, 
and the value of having him there to build the defensive line camaraderie. And then, of course, once that camaraderie is built, that understanding is laid down, then you start building consistency within uh, one of the top two probably most important units, uh, groups uh, outside the quarterback on the football field. Now, there's no hitting right now. Right, OTAs and minicamp and all that stuff. There's there the the physicality is is limited. There's a cap put on it by the NFL and the CBA. But understanding reads, understanding checks, hearing them, adjusting to them, how to play off of each other within those scenarios. How you know this guy takes this angle, I take that angle. All these stuff. It's really important. And and Vita Vea obviously knows the ins and the outs of Coach Bowles' defense better than anyone on the on the defensive line. But more importantly, not only does he know it, he's good at it, right? He's successful. He's been successful. You know, snap in, snap out, snap out. Even when other guys are struggling, he tends to be uh, on his game. So, Kalijah Kansi, a rookie in the National Football League, not only is he getting used to the NFL, but he's also getting used to a new scheme. Vita's presence, uh, Vita Vea's presence can help him accelerate that. Greg Gaines, a veteran, but first time, first year on this team, his development, understanding of what the scheme is, what the calls are, again, all of these things can be accelerated by Vitavea's presence, and then they're blending through every step of it as a unit there on the defensive line. All of that can only mean good things for the Buccaneers front seven. Doesn't guarantee Pro Bowlers and All Pros and all that stuff, but it's definitely not going to hurt anything. Right? It can only be positive. So, and that of course trickles down to every other level of the Buccaneers defense. So, those are just kind of quick hitters because we already know they're doing well. We just need to see them continue to do well in order to maximize what Tampa Bay is trying to build ahead of this 2023 NFL season. But those, so those are the players, but we have some generalized questions, three of them, in fact, that we want answered or want to see at least some answers for as we head into this week's mandatory mini camp. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Wrapping up today's episode with three things that we're looking to learn during this week's mandatory mini camp. The first thing that I want to learn out of this week's mandatory mini camp, we have to start with Devin White. We just we have to start with Devin White, right? And what we need to learn is is Devin White past the conflict. That's just the bottom line. Or is it going to keep on going? Right? His his position coach called it champagne problems. You know, it's not the first time, it's not the last time. But really, this is less about his relationship with other players and more about his relationship with the fans and the media. And because of the limited access, the, the fans through the media, right? The media are going to kind of share what's being said, what's being done. And that's where the media are going to kind of shape some of their, their or the fans are going to shape some of their beliefs, right? But like Trevor Sikuma pointed out in his appearance here on the show just a couple weeks ago, every day, as you'll remember this, but this is a part of the business, right? These, these holdouts, and it's not even really a holdout. Devin hasn't missed anything official yet, so there's no holdout as of right now but players want new contracts all the time every year we see big time players want new contracts new deals sometimes there's a holdout sometimes there's a hold in sometimes there's nothing some of them handle that desire publicly some of them are a little bit quieter about it right but one thing i'm looking for is not is how white interacts with the media we've already kind of talked about that again coming in understanding that you're going to be asked these hard questions you're going to need to answer them how you answer them is going to dictate how this thing moves forward. If you just get it over with, rip the Band-Aid off, say what you got to say, do it in a professional manner, everybody can start to move forward. If you are you know, uh, disrespectful, just for lack of a better word, uh, frustrated, whatever you want to call it, like then things are only going to get worse, right? But really what I'm interested in learning is how White handles his practice situation, right? Because 
We've seen players in the past, not necessarily just on the Bucks, but just throughout the NFL. We've seen players in the past who want new deals. They show up, obviously, uh, for mandatory stuff, and then they go through the individual drills, but then they sit out the team drills, the seven-on-sevens, the 11-on-elevens. They sit those out because they want to protect their health. They don't want to run uh, risk, the, risk the issue of getting injured in a team drill because team drills, people are running routes, people are doing all this other stuff, pulling everything else, and that's where injuries can possibly happen. Individual drills, it's typically you versus a pad or you versus a cone, and there's not a whole lot of, of potential for an accidental situation. Uh, to come up, right? So that's something I'm interested in, in hearing and finding out about is whether or not Devin participates in the team drills or if he just limits himself to the individual drills because then the follow-on to that is how does the media interact? I'll tell you right now, my reaction is not going to be a fiery one. It's not going to be one where I try to crucify Devin for not doing team drills, but I'm just curious what he decides to do and then what the reaction is following that. Again, Something in the league that players have done several times before. It's just an, an after effect of whether or not White is going to go for that route because if he does, it's just going to add another layer uh, to this conversation, I suspect. So that's question number one. How is Devin White going to uh, handle himself here during the minicamp? Number two, will one of these quarterbacks separate themselves? Now, uh, offensive coordinator coach Dave Canales has already said it's going to take till the end of the preseason or near the end of the preseason to, to name a true starting quarterback, and that's fine. That's his prerogative. But ultimately – the play of the quarterback is going to determine it, right? Like Dave Canales isn't, you know, so much picking the quarterback. The quarterback is going to show him who the right guy is. The team's going to show him who the right guy is. And for three consecutive days here in this minicamp, media is going to get a close-up look at both of these guys, how they perform, how they bounce back when they hit adversity, and how they continue to have success when they have a little bit of success. So Coach Canales may not name a starter till late August or early September, but the media – could start naming a starter. And really, we kind of already have, right? I mean, I think everybody's pretty much on the Baker Mayfield side of things, but I'm talking about really solidifying with quantitative evidence, video, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, of what is happening out there. Um, I don't think any media outlet should necessarily be crowning a starter this early. I think that's a little bit uh, taking it too far, just a front runner at most, and maybe someone taking a little bit, like maybe a one-lap lead at this point following this week. So that's the second question. Third question, final question for this episode. How much potential do the tight ends have in Dave Canales' offense? That's something that I want to know. I think maybe other people would be interested in it. Going back to even Dirk Cutter, tight ends have been an important part of this Buccaneers offense, whether it's been Cam Bray or OJ Howard, Rob Gronkowski or Cam Bray or Cam Bray or Kate Otten. Like no matter what the combination of tight ends has been, tight end performance has kind of always risen and fallen with the play of the quarterback and has been a fairly significant part of whether or not the Buccaneers were an overall effective team and offense. But that's all been by design, right? Like all these offenses kind of feature tight ends in those roles and in their own roles. Well, this offseason, the Bucs let Bray walk, and they added rookie Payne Durham to a room, including Otten in his second season and Co'Keefe also in his second season. So this isn't a first-round pick, right? There's no there's no Dalton Kincaid. There's no Michael Meyer Mayers or anything like that. Like, you have a lot of young tight ends. Kate Otten certainly flashed. Coquit has have shown some excitement, right? But you've got a lot of young, relatively unproven uh, talent in your tight end room. So does the turn to an ultra-young tight end room signify that the position is being minimized because Dave Canales' offense minimizes it? Or is this a situation where they just see so much potential in that tight end room that they have a scheme that's going to try to accentuate that, but they're good with the young guys? That's something I'm interested in. Uh, and seeing more of starting this week with Evans, Chris Godwin, whoever else can come in with the first team offense. If the tight ends can still get solid target shares, 
then we'll have an idea about whether or not those tight ends are going to maintain an important role in this year's version of the Buccaneers offense. So those are my three questions that I would like to have answers to, or at least some answers towards building answers to them anyway, uh, here with this mandatory minicamp. Coming up on Wednesday, James will be back, so make sure you come back for that. And in the meantime, if you've got questions, you can leave them in the YouTube comments or email them to LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of the day every day, for making us a part of your day, part of your routine. And if you have anything else Tampa Bay Buccaneers related you want to know or discuss, make sure you're following all of us on Twitter at JRCO underscore Bucks at DHarrison82 and at Locked On Bucks. Until we speak again, be safe, be kind, fire the cannons, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.